Apartments.com believes a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome to our Kardashian Season 2, Episode 6 Recap. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. I know nothing overly dramatic happened this episode, but I am randomly so excited to talk about it. I loved this episode. I had so much fun. Did you not have so much fun? No, I really did have the best time. Again, I know it was nothing overly dramatic or crazy, but it was so enjoyable to watch. And I think it was a good like episode model to follow. Yes. I mean, honestly, there's when I was thinking about it, I think there's two main reasons that I enjoyed it so much. But the first, when they were at the premiere, I really had the realization that I think this is my first true understanding of the difference between E and Hulu. Meaning, obviously, we knew once they secured the Hulu deal that this was going to be a larger scale production. But in my mind, Keeping Up had been such a big deal for so many years that to see them all really be in awe at the process of a true you know, red carpet premiere for their show. There was something about that that was very eye-opening for me because I hadn't fully realized what that switch meant for them in terms of maybe feeling as though the show was taken more seriously. I also think that we really love when they have a first because it's so rare. And so the excitement around something like this, where they've never done a premiere like this before. And I think at the time when this Hulu premiere was happening. We were so excited because the show was coming back, but there was no part of me that was like, oh, this premiere setting and this specific event must be so crazy for them. Like, I don't think that thought ever crossed my mind. So to see them be really excited about this and the acknowledgement of like, there's not a lot of things that we get to do that are first, but this is one of them. To me, that was so enjoyable to watch. Oh, absolutely. And I also think something that happens when you are a Kardashian fan and you're consuming so much of the content is a little bit of event fatigue because it feels like there's always something, whether it's a launch or a new collection or a collaboration, it feels like they are always having an event to celebrate something. And so, I mean, listen, I will see as many Mindy Weiss, Chef Lethem tablescapes that they want to give me. I'm never going to get tired of it. But I think that I maybe have lost the ability to differentiate what they view as really cool and exciting versus what's just an event because something is happening and they have to throw an event for it. So to watch this so clearly be set apart from all of the other things felt very exciting to me. Oh, I totally agree. I also think that we got a really good amount of behind the scenes info. Again, nothing insane, but what we did get, I was very excited about. Right. And that's the conversation we were having at dinner last night before we even watched this episode, which is we're 20 seasons of keeping up and almost two seasons of the Kardashians in, and we still don't feel they have fully grasped what we're all saying, which is like, we will literally watch you guys do anything. Like you do not need to create these elaborate storylines or pranks just to fit everyone into one episode or just to fit three storylines into one episode. And so this one, no, nothing overly dramatic happened, but it really was what was going on in their lives. And that is what we appreciate. Like 10 out of 10 times, we would rather watch Chris and Chloe in their glam chairs on their phones, barely saying anything to one another and like kind of hearing Chloe contemplate getting a boob job, than have them go to the peacock farm, even though that was enjoyable to watch. We want to see what's going on throughout your day. And this felt like that. Right. And the discussion we were having last night was just having multiple plot points in one episode and filling it with every single member of the family's plot, make it feel like it's going more towards the East style of the show where it's almost feels like filler. And a lot of the times I think the answer to that is yes. And that's what I think we experienced last week. This week, I didn't mind it because every single 
person's thing was something that I was interested in. I was interested in all of the promo behind the premiere. I was interested beyond in Kim Skim campaign. I was interested in the behind the scenes of Courtney and Travis's wedding. I was interested in the behind the scenes of the way that Chloe was feeling going into all of these things. So to me, you know, fill it with everyone's plot points. That's fine. But as long as they are genuine, good information filled plot points. Right. And things that they would be doing regardless, like whether or not they're filming a show, Travis and Courtney, were going to be filming their daring campaign may as well have cameras there. Exactly. But also to your point earlier, yeah, my favorite scenes are ones where they are literally just sitting talking. I will cite that scene where Chris and Kim are talking and Kim says that she was driving North and Mason in the car and they were having a conversation in the backseat. And Mason says to North, like, you know, having a step parent really isn't that bad. Like, it's not like what you see in the movies. Like, they're not these evil people. And Kim having that conversation then with Chris about, you know, what it's going to be like to introduce the kids to Pete and what it's going to be like to have, you know, new relationships going forward. To me, all that was was a scene where they were essentially doing nothing. And that was one of the most valuable Kardashian scenes we have ever gotten. One million percent. And also, if we go back to one of the now most infamous scenes in Keeping Up History, when Kim says to Courtney, you're the least interesting to look at, which was a follow-up to her saying something along the lines of maybe if you knew it takes to run a fucking business, that also came from them just having a conversation. That wasn't some grand thing. Like, you never know what we're going to get, whether it's going to be something super inflammatory or just a piece of insight that they don't deem as anything special. But for us, that's something we would have never gotten otherwise. I feel like they're actively giving us less information than they were last season. I feel like they're holding out on us a little bit. And I have to assume that they know that the insights that we get from the conversations where they're just talking to each other is the most valuable stuff. We are here for the behind the scenes. We are here for the stuff that we would never in a million years get otherwise. And so it feels like this season, they're actively holding back on that a little bit because every single scene I notice, I'm like, this could have been said here or this little piece of information could have been said about that. And they almost get to that point and then they don't go through with it. Do you know what I mean? But this episode, like, to get the note from Pete and for them to zoom in on that note and show us it. That was everything you could have asked for and more. That was a perfect understanding of what we as the viewer want. Or even when Kim's sitting in glam and then she's voice noting Pete saying, your stylist is here. And she's having that conversation with Mario of like, wow, he's such a diva. I didn't expect that he would have a groomer and a styling team. I kind of just thought that he would go in a hat. Like so minor, but that's what we want. We, we already said, we're fine not seeing him on screen. We know it's not really his thing in general. Maybe you cut some of it. Maybe it didn't exist in general. Fine. But to see those little acknowledgements of the way that Kim was feeling at the time, that's important. Or right when Kim's about to go on Kimmel and she's like, fuck Mario, we didn't put body makeup on my stomach. Like it seems so trivial, but that's the shit I care about. Right. Cause there's two types of things. Like there's the things that obviously we care about and there's clearly information that's being held back. But then there are things where in a million years, they wouldn't think that we would care about it. Like in a million years, they never would have thought that us seeing Mario put body makeup on Kim right before she's about to go out is something noteworthy for us. But the entire process of doing so and everything that goes into what makes Kim Kim and what goes into the machine before they send her out, that's what we want to see. Like all of that. So yeah, there is things that they are obviously understanding and purposely leaving out. But then there's things where it's like, okay, I want to sit down with you in a focus group. I want to watch the episode with you. And I want to point out good, bad, good, bad, important, not necessary. I honestly think that when it comes to glam, all of them, but specifically Kim, have become so desensitized to the entire process that I don't even think she would think that her making that one comment to Mario is something that we care about. Like, I think it's so natural for her that she isn't even tuned in enough to think that that's a thing, but that's how minor we're going. Like, I want to say to them, get granular because what, what to you is the least big deal in the entire world, it's still on some level is interesting to us. You know what a perfect example of that is? Seeing what? Jen Atkin do Kendall's hair before Kimmel, because I had no idea she was still doing anyone's hair. Well, that's more because I've been so interested in Jen Atkin's journey in the sense that she has so actively and consciously kind of taken a step back because I think she really acknowledged that she was overworking herself. But that also, I mean, this is getting like really deep, but that also goes into our conversation about like, at the end of the day, they each have a ride or die glam person. Like we know, of course, for Kim, it's 
Chris and Mario. For Kendall, if you had to choose, it's probably Mary Phillips and Jen. For Chloe, on some level, it's Jen, but it's really maybe Ashley and Andrew Fitzsimmons, you know, like, so to then see that in action, I also find interesting, but that's, listen, at the same time, there's levels to watching it. I think there are some people that watch the show and aren't super analytical and just like to watch. And that's kind of it. Then there's people like us who are analyzing which glam team members are glamming, which person and what that may mean for their relationships. Like, you know, I think that they do have to cater to everyone. Right. We're obviously different. Like we view the show through a different lens and there are there is a scale of people that watch the show. Some people watch it and know nothing and it's just pure enjoyment for them. And then there's people like us that are like, oh, wow, Jen's here. Like I notice every single little thing, like every little detail, every little thing that pops up. And some of it is noteworthy and some of it is not noteworthy at all, but I'm still taking it in. Of course. You know, can I be honest with you? I did not think that we were going to get this. I was not anticipating it and I would have been absolutely floored if we did. However, let's acknowledge the elephant in the room, which is when the premiere actually happened, not the premiere of the episode, but the red carpet premiere, that was on April 7th. Okay. So it was about a week before the show premiered because season one premiered on April 14th of this year. And there was a lot of speculation about Kylie because she was posting photos, but they looked a little bit different than the photos everyone else was posting. And there were no photos of her on the red carpet with everyone else. She was never actually seen. People that were at the event said that she really was there, but kind of the conclusion that the internet came to is that she did her own photo shoot, either partially at her house and then partially on the red carpet once everyone else had gone, kind of like a a private shoot. And then maybe she saw some of the premiere indoors, but basically she didn't want to be photographed publicly. And on this episode, they gave us a little of that without actually saying it. Like they had the shot of her, you know, in front of the white background at her house, but they didn't really play into it, you know, because we saw footage of her, which looked like at the red carpet, but it kind of looked different than everyone else's. And then in her confessional, she talked about what it was like being at the premiere. And I don't doubt that on some level she made it there, but it definitely wasn't as linear of a process that they kind of made it seem. And so they didn't acknowledge it. I knew they weren't going to fully acknowledge it, but I almost wished they would have or could have, because at the time it was like, what's the deal with Kylie? Is she Photoshopped in? Yeah, I couldn't tell, and I still can't, if she was Photoshopped in and they made it seem like she was there, although there are sources that are like, no, she did show up, or if she just showed up when the red carpet was over, got her pictures on the red carpet, and then like maybe stayed for the premiere, maybe didn't, like just literally showed face. If I was a betting person, that's what I would say happened. Because I think she basically went under the agreement that I'll go if all of the cameras are gone and I can get my own content in front of, you know, the step and repeat privately, I can af- approve all of the photos. Maybe, yeah, maybe she stayed in the dark room for the premiere and then maybe she left right after. That's honestly what I think. I do too. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because Realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her, but I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter, and it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen. And every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. I also can't say for an absolute fact that it was Kimmel that we felt this way about, but I remember when they were in the press cycle for season one and they were doing interviews with all of them together, we were like, there is definitely some tension between Kim and Courtney. And maybe it was an actual tension. Maybe it was just a reflection of, as we've discussed frequently, you know, the dynamic shifting with kind of Kim and Chloe being on one side and then Courtney on the other. But I remember there was definitely maybe an Entertainment Tonight interview. And I feel like it was Kimmel where we felt that way. And then 
watching this episode, I was so kind of tuned into that to see if I could pick up on it. And I really didn't pick up on it in the behind the scenes on this episode as much as I anticipated I would. I didn't pick up on it, Kimmel, behind the scenes either, but I wasn't thinking about it or paying attention. But now that you're saying it, I remember feeling that way about the tension between them probably throughout the entire press tour now that I'm thinking about it. But I have to say like, where we ended with Kardashians, where we ended with keeping up with the Kardashians was Courtney being essentially like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like she came back. I think the last season of Kardashians, she was more happy to be there because she was acknowledging it was kind of the end. And so she was a little bit more enthusiastic than she had been in the previous seasons. But really where we left off was Courtney having no interest in filming. And so when it came back and the show was back and they were doing the press tour for it, I think it was a little bit the tension between Courtney and Kim that just naturally exists now, but also the knowledge of like, Courtney doesn't want to be here. Like nothing's really changed that much that would make Courtney want to be here other than the fact that like her plot points are different. But the concept and the idea of filming has never really been for Courtney. And I think that we really sense that. Okay, yes, but I have to tell you, I think Courtney in the Kardashians, even though we're seeing less of her, is so different than in the later seasons of Keeping Up because I think she's genuinely happy and genuinely so proud to show off her life with Travis. And it's not this like painstaking display of the constant what's going on with Scott. So I think we're going to see Courtney lean more in, even though she's like maybe at the worst with her sisters that we've seen her at are not the worst, but like the least connected from where we sit. I think generally though, she's in the best place because she finally feels like she's doing it on her own terms. Yes. And I will say I completely enjoyed Courtney being on my screen this episode when she's enthusiastic and excited about what she's talking about and she wants to be there and she's being her funny kind of cynical self. That's when I enjoy her the most. And so, right. Yeah. I, I, listen, even in those interviews, I didn't think there was anything where I was like, I'm annoyed by Courtney. I could just almost sense that there is sometimes something a little off. And then as soon as she's talking about Travis, it's like a light that switches on and she couldn't be happier. You know, say what you want about them. And I know everyone does. And at times even we have because the PDA just is highly overwhelming. They are madly in love. She is so deeply in love with him. I really think you see Courtney even just sitting in that glam chair and she has a serenity and like an inner confidence that I honestly don't think she ever had with Scott. Maybe in the very, very early days, but the lack of turmoil in their relationship and the lack of toxicity and just the ability to exist in that joy, which is something she could never fully do because she always knew there was another shoe waiting to drop. Like good for her. You know, I had a moment this episode where I was like, you are not my favorite of all the sisters, but I am so happy for you. The way that I feel about a Courtney scene especially opening the show with one is like, it's almost like making pancakes where obviously the first pancake is always a disaster. Like when Courtney and Travis first come on your screen, you're going to have to get through a lot of babes in order to figure out what they're saying. And it's like, okay, babe, 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 let's go, let's go, let's go. And then once they get past that in the initial scene, then it gets good. Like once they stop calling each other babe and they explain what happened during the wedding and when they explain what happened in Vegas, I was all on board for it. I was like, throw that first pancake away and let's get to the good stuff. (laughs) Amazing and unexpected analogy. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. Wait, by the way, another small detail, speaking of that, that's something we care about when they're in the car with Rain on the way to the premiere and they're debating what they should make the subject line. You know, is it Travis and Courtney's wedding or is the wedding of even something as small as that is like, okay, so they're sending email, save the dates, like such a tiny little detail, but it's something that I'm curious about. A hundred percent. Yes. Rain is also Scott Disick's son in the most intense way. It is amazing. When Courtney's in glam and Rain runs in and goes, Big Daddy's back in town. I'm like, you are literally Scott. You are a mini Scott. If Rain is a mini Scott, Chicago is a mini Kim. She is. She is. Oh, I cannot wait to talk on Monday's episode about the Halloween photos that she posted on TikTok and then deleted Watching North grow up and Kim and North being this little duo brings me more happiness than I can even describe, especially because there's something that I really love about watching the balance between Kardashians and watching the episodes and Kim's presence on social media, where it's 
a lot of work focused stuff, a lot of Kim centric stuff, and then getting the behind the scenes of her being with the kids on TikTok, getting the behind the scenes of her being at every single one of North's basketball games, every single one of Saints soccer games. Like that is the balance that like allows you to get the full picture of Kim. And I, not that I need it, but I get so happy for other people to see it. Well, yeah. And the other thing that I always appreciate specifically about Kim and North's relationship is that I think North challenges Kim in a way that nobody else in her life does. And there is something almost humbling (laughs) for Kim, I think, of knowing that like, at the end of the day, she could be Kim Kardashian to the entire world, but when it's her and North, like she's just mom. And I can't quite explain what I mean, but the differences in their personalities, even though of course North is a child, it comes out in a way that gives you a different side of Kim that I really do think you see with literally anyone else. I completely agree. I mean, and those clips of North coming in and just saying something to Kim so out of pocket are some of my favorite content ever. Like that clip when Kim was filming during the pandemic and she was like, check in on your friends. And North comes in. She's like, you should be more worried about your family than your friends or something like that. Like it's just every single time that she shows something and she's like, oh my God, I'm dying. And North's like, no, you're not. You're standing right here. Like that is exactly the balance that Kim needs in her life. And it is just so funny that that's the form that it comes in. Right. Like, of course it comes in the form of her nine-year-old daughter. Right. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the season changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, their washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. Okay, so before we get into skims and all of that, I just want to go back to the premiere content for a second and focus on Chloe for a moment. I really appreciate when she breaks down her anxieties and her fear about this type of stuff in such a specific way. Like you can do it more broadly, but to me, she really relates it to the exact experience and like what about it is terrifying for her and what about it brings her the most uneasiness. And so like when she's 
talking about literally walking down the red carpet and the photographers or sitting in that theater and feeling like everyone's looking at her. I know I'll never be able to fully understand her experience, but the way that she describes it, I think gives me the best insight that I possibly could have. You know, what I find interesting is that Kendall and Chloe almost have very similar plot points this season while being vastly different, but both of them have been really open and talking about their certain anxieties and what they're experiencing. And I completely agree with you. The way that Chloe talks about what she's going through and really walks you through what she's feeling, what it pertains to, what specific event triggers it. I think that it's something that people really connect to. And maybe that's just because they connect to Chloe on a different level inherently. And so when she then takes you further into what she's feeling and what she's dealing with, you then further connect. But it is interesting comparing it to the way that everyone reacted to Kendall talking about certain things because, you know, this was a really big conversation after last week's episode with Kendall where everyone was kind of like, no one's forcing you to do anything you don't want to do. Like, If you don't want to go to Vegas, don't go to Vegas. If you want to move to a farm in Wyoming, like you have the means to be able to do that. Absolutely nobody is stopping you. And so I think you really see the difference in the way that what Chloe and Kendall are both explaining is perceived by the audiences. Because I think when Kendall's talking about it, I don't think it's as easy for her to gain that public sympathy. Right. And like, listen, not that either of them are saying that for the purposes of gaining sympathy, they're genuinely just explaining to you what's going on in their minds. But for some reason, with Chloe's explanation with this particular thing, I just, it's honestly, it's so saddening, but also so fascinating to me to really sit and kind of try to imagine what it's like when she's sitting in that car on the way to the premiere and she's about to put on her sunglasses and be like, okay, you're getting on this red carpet, you know, knowing that every single move is analyzed. It's just a reality that I so deeply can't relate to or connect with. And the idea of is so terrifying to me, but I guess I, on some level, think of it as like, oh, this is nothing to them. They've been doing it for so many years. And I think for so many years, it did feel like nothing to her. And that's also why this to me feels a little bit unique because it's not like this has always been Chloe's relationship with fame. It's like you're watching someone who's done this for a lot of years. And yes, granted, recently the scale has gotten a lot higher, but now all of a sudden something that came naturally feels foreign and how that manifests itself. I think as viewers, we can only be grateful that she's like letting us in as much as she physically can. Right. And I don't think it's to gain sympathy from the audience. I really don't. But I think that everything they do in the show is to gain connection to the audience and have the audience feel a certain level of connection to you. And I think as Chloe, one of the reasons that she's so open about what she's going through is because she wants the public to react to that. She wants the public to see how hard things are going for her at this point in time and approach that with a certain level of sensitivity, which makes perfect sense. I think that the difference is that when Kendall speaks about it, it's not that you're not interested necessarily, or it's not that you don't want to know her point of view, but it's not garnering a connection. Yes. Although I honestly kind of think, and tell me what you think. I don't know if everyone agrees with that, although it is the overwhelming opinion that I see on social media, but as we say, like that doesn't mean anything. I... I just feel that out of all of them, I think Kendall's like a deeply kind-hearted person. I really, really do. But I think she has the hardest time, forgetting anxieties aside, just connecting with the audience in the way that the rest of them do. Even when Kylie has less screen time, there's just something about it that I don't think, as Kendall says, like reality TV isn't her thing. What I think it really comes down to, and I don't think it's about anything having to do with Kendall as a person. Like, I don't think that's it. I think it is so much more about the fact that she does not give us that same level of like personal behind the scenes information that you even get from Courtney and Kylie. Kylie, obviously it's so minor, but you still do get it from time to time. And I just feel like Kendall is really holding back that information, which is something that she has said that she's doing. Like she has said time and time again that like, Her personal life is her personal life, and she is going to try and keep it that way. But the thing with doing that is that you don't feel that same level of connection that you do with the others because you are getting that information from them. Yeah. And, you know, I I hadn't thought about that until you just said that right now, but I think that part of it 
is that Kendall's job, like her main job, aside from the show in 818, of course, is modeling. And she has made such a conscious effort to not allow, quote, the Kardashians to infiltrate that. So like, yeah, there were cameras at the Prada show, but that's also because Kim was going and Kim was there. Like, think about it. You have never really seen that much of Kendall's behind the scenes for certain campaigns. And I think that that is very, very intentional. She likes to keep those kind of separate because I think she views it as a hindrance, even though that's largely the unpopular opinion with the public because people think it really has helped her, but she's always maintained that it's hurt her. So I have to imagine a lot of that is intentional. And so because you're not getting so much of her modeling, you're getting her and Fi talking about flipping houses, which like, I'm happy to see it. I don't mind it. It was a beautiful location that they were having that conversation at and she made a cucumber joke, but like it's not giving us that same thing. And you know what? That's okay. Because if it's 10 or 12 minutes of a 45 minute episode, like I'm not complaining about it. I'm just acknowledging that it's not the same as Kim's shooting her skims campaign. But again, to me, like I am complaining about that because Phil was something else. Phil, okay. But here's the question. Phil, it was something else of her or Phil, it was something else of one of the other ones. One of the other ones. I think that they would say, forget it. Okay. Forget about like wanting to give the audience multiple of each person. Cause as we said that, that that's just like not an argument that resonates with us. I think that for some level on them, it's like, all right, we're all getting paid the same amount. Like you got to show up. And so if her showing up is showing up to shoot that, I think that they view that that's better than nothing. And I think that for some of us, we'd rather more mundane, but kind of private details of anyone's life versus like a kind of fabricated storyline of her. Here's the thing with the show. I think that when they are deciding filming schedules and what they want to show in an episode and what behind the scenes things they want to give us and what events that are going on. Like they sit down and they go through, okay, what's going on in this person's life? What's going on in this person's life? Okay. Kendall is an 818 event. That's a perfect opportunity to throw her in. Like that's something that she's willing to show. It gets to promote her business. Great. Um, Kylie has this minor thing going on. Like let's throw her in. The thing that I want to say to them is like, I feel like they almost think they're doing it for us. Like, oh, the audience never gets to see Kendall. Let's give them a Kendall scene. The thing that I want to say to them is like, I don't need anybody but Chris, Chloe, and Kim unless you're making it worth my while. So this episode to get Courtney and Travis in the behind the scenes talking about the wedding, talking about how drunk they were, that is my greatest joy. Give me that all day. But if you're going to give me a scene, for example, with Courtney, where it's just her behind the scenes of her and Travis doing a vegan campaign, I don't need to see Courtney that week. Yes, understood. I don't know if that's a popular opinion. Like for other people, I think people watch the show in a very different way. But that is, I think, personally where I stand. Right. We keep getting so sidetracked that we forgot to mention the one moment from the actual premiere when Chloe's talking about Tristan. Because obviously it's showing that clip from the first episode of him saying, you know, I want to get us back together and build our family. And hopefully we'll be able to extend our family one day, God willing. And in the theater, she screams liar and the whole audience is kind of laughing and cheering her on. And in her confessional, she's talking about that. And she says verbatim, when I was watching the show and Tristan was on and saying, oh, we're, I don't even know what he said because I blacked it out, but it was like, oh, we're just so great or whatever the fuck he was saying. I felt as if the whole theater was staring at me and I was just like, this is so awkward because it's like, what a crock of shit. Like, what the fuck? And I believed you and I was listening to you and I was receiving everything you said, but you're a fucking liar. And it just came out and I probably made it even a little more awkward than I needed to be. Story of my life. I literally get a high off of hearing her acknowledge how much of a bullshit artist he is. This was a perfect 10 out of 10 Kardashians moment right here. This was an example of, we had heard that this had happened. We were 99.9% sure that yes, like the reports of her yelling liar in the theater were true. We obviously knew what caused her to do that. We knew the scenes in Kardashians once we had watched it, that would have made her do that. But to get the behind the scenes, to get the video of her yelling liar in the theater and see everybody react to it, to get her walking you through what caused her to say it, her reaction to seeing Tristan in that first episode, that is a 10 out of 10 Kardashian scene. You know why that hits so strong also is because, for example, in Housewives Reunion, when they're watching a clip back, you see a box in the corner of the screen of their live reaction watching it. We never get that with this show. Like we hear them talk about it, but to get as close to what we'll ever get of a live reaction of them watching it, like that is all we could ever want because we sit there watching Tristan, knowing what a piece of shit he is being like, 
how does she sit through this? And so then to know in that moment, she was overcome with just like anger and frustration and embarrassment. And she had to yell liar because it was like the only way she knew to deal with what she was feeling. That is so gratifying to hear. Beyond so. And you know, it's funny. I never thought about the fact that they had never watched the show with a group of other people. Like they've never seen in time reactions of other people watching the show that don't know them. It was something that I had never even thought that I had wanted, but that is such a unique experience for them to be able to have, because here's the show that they have had for 16, 17 years. And this is the first time in all of those years that they get to experience what it's like to not be part of the family and watching it. I know, but going back to our conversation about like wanting to do a focus group, literally where we sit them down and it's like, okay, here are all of the elements that you probably didn't even pick up on, but we love and we need more of. That is why additionally, I loved this because I was like, okay, you guys are getting to see what the audience responds to, which should give you a good hint of like how truthful we are when we say we care about the little details. I'm telling you right now, New Dream Unlocked is sitting in a room with them, sitting specifically in Kim's living room with that giant TV or projector or whatever it is, having someone like taking minutes and us going frame by frame, like the fucking meme from Always Sunny, like really just breaking it down for them, being like, this right here is the shit we need to see more of. You know, and I'll even make it a more professional environment. We can do it at the Skims office in that theater room. I was going to say, fine. You want me to sit on the Rick Owens couch? I'm not going to say no. Twist my arm. Let's talk about baby making for a second, because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be. Meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Frida Fertility. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Free to Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you. The skims shoot was honestly one of my favorite scenes because this was entirely authentic enthusiasm and excitement and almost just like overwhelming disbelief that this is her life that Kim was feeling. Like, I truly believe that she has always had such a deep admiration for supermodels like a Tyra Bank, like a Heidi Klum, like a Candace, like an Alessandra. And just to really see her pure, like, awe was very fun to watch. I watched the scene and I loved every single minute of it. Like I was so interested in the dynamics, Kim, you know, being brought into the campaign, how everything went down. But I have to tell you, Em, I watched the scene and I was like, Em is going to fucking love this. Like this had you written all over it. This was so me, right? I I was, (laughs) you're right. That is how I felt. First of all, Heidi Klum amazing. Like her, she has this just like such a free spirited energy. And she was definitely bringing that to the set, which I appreciated. And like the way that they were also all leaning in, like obviously Kim views them to be icons as they are, but they also knew how iconic the entire situation was. And like, we're getting very well acquainted with the entire Skims office. But then on top of it, to have them I believe that that was authentic. I genuinely believe Kim wasn't anticipating doing the shoot with them. And then Heidi saying that. And of course, Kim's already in full glam and like, fuck it. Why not? Like, I believe that that happened in the way that they presented it. So just to watch her glow like that. And then also they're promoting literally my favorite products in the world. Like I just placed a new order before we started recording this that I just, you're right. I was on cloud nine watching that. Tyra and Heidi getting their own show when? Like, (laughs) I would love to see that. They are an iconic duo, so funny together. Like I was watching them on my screen. I was like, I almost forgot that we were watching Kardashians because I'm so enthralled by seeing the dynamic between the two of you. I know, I know. I also just think that 
Kim does such a good job. And we've seen this time and time again of like really just being so gracious when she's meeting people, whether they're people that she considers to be icons or not, just kind of understanding where she fits in the landscape of it all. And I think that that's something that is probably very, very appreciated when you're on the receiving end of it, because she should be like that, but technically she doesn't have to be. Like technically she could get away with being a lot less enthusiastic than she is. And I think that her level of being that engaged is one of the reasons that she's been able to maintain such success. You know what I think it is more than even just being engaged? I think it's that she never, ever acts above it. I think that when you're somebody who gained fame the way that Kim did, it was this constant cycle of having to prove yourself over and over again and having to prove your worth and having to prove like, oh, this event that I got invited to, like, that's not cool. Like, I have to pretend like none of this is cool because like, I have to keep leveling up. Like, I think that a lot of influencers and people who come on the scene now have this idea of like, I can't be overwhelmed or like humbled by anything because like I have to prove that I'm worthy of being here. And so I think that's something that Kim does so well is that it's her enthusiasm coupled with the fact that like she is not above it. When she is talking to Candace and Alessandra and she's saying, you know, I have to tell you guys, like when I was in Miami in 2008, after my first ever Victoria's Secret show, and I saw you guys in VIP and my jaw just dropped and I was staring at you in disbelief. Like that is not something that people in Kim's position in terms of proving your worthiness of working with such icons would say, because you don't always want to create that gap between them. But Kim has no problem saying that and owning it and like letting every single person know, I know where I started from. Yes. And the fact that she's constantly reminding you by way of these little anecdotes is very impactful. Like remember when she's giving the tour of her skims office for the YouTube video and she's showing the wall of magazine covers. And I think she's showing the like canine or whatever it was. And she's talking about borrowing Nicole Richie's dog because she was so excited and so desperate to be on a magazine cover. That is the exact same energy as telling Candace and Alessandra that she was so starstruck seeing them at a club in Miami. It's all the same. And it just goes to show you that like she has these memories so at the front of her mind because she hasn't lost touch with that. Not to say, listen, on some level, they've all lost touch with reality, obviously, <laughs> like, duh. But I think that to still really have a clear picture of like where she came from, it's it does her well. And I hope that's something she never stops. And I am choosing to believe she never will. I wish you could see me nodding right now because it's such a combination of loving that aspect of it in terms of Kim not forgetting where she came from, not forgetting the beginning, not forgetting the come up story, not forgetting those little details. And also the combination of we want those little details. I am so interested in those stories because it's not something that we had the behind the scenes of. And it's not something that they would have thought to give us in the early days of Kardashians. It's only things that are relevant and funny in retrospect, in looking back at their lives. Even that one little anecdote where she says, it's so crazy being at a premiere. We used to watch every single episode all together at my mom's house. Like that wasn't something that I knew, but I'm obviously so interested in what did you look like? What did this all look like in the early days? And especially in the reflecting on the early days and where you are now and the difference between the two, like that is the information that I fucking die for. Die for. I know. I know. I, I like so deeply get it. It really hits a particular spot in your brain, which remember how last week we were saying when Chloe said slob kebab, it really brought us back. And, and Courtney said it this week. Yeah. We got a second one when she's talking about being in Vegas with Travis and like being so drunk on the floor, throwing up later in the night, having to walk through the hotel with people taking photos. You know, I got to say something you have to hand to Courtney is like, she will still do that even given where they currently are at. Whereas like there is no world in which Kim or Kylie or any of them, even Chloe would ever be seen like that. Like I think the image curation is too important. And I do believe that Courtney really, really carries a fuck it attitude way more than any of them do. Like she says it and she really does mean it. And I really, really appreciate that about her. Really, really appreciate it. Even the difference between Chloe telling her experience in Miami in the last episode versus Courtney saying how fucked up she was when she got married was like the lack of a care in the world about anything other than Courtney and Travis in that moment in their Vegas wedding, like was so evident. Like she did not care what we were going to think of her, how drunk she was. 
And we didn't care. That's exactly the thing. We did not care at all. We fucking love that story. But with Chloe, unfortunately, and this probably sucks for her more than anybody else, definitely more than it sucks for us, can't just approach life like that anymore. Can't just be like, I was so fucked up. I was throwing up all over the place. Like she was talking about that in her confessional last week. Like, you know, I miss the days of Miami where, you know, you were just in the club and no one videotaped you and no one took pictures of you and no one told the stories afterwards. Like you could just be in the moment. And Courtney just approaches things with that, like 2007 mentality. Like I'm going to pretend you don't have cameras. I'm going to pretend you can't tweet about me. I'm going to pretend there's no videos of this and I'm just going to do what I want to do. And I appreciate that so much because it is not an easy thing to do so much. And also because I know for a fact, as much as I would like to say that I would be like that, I wouldn't if I was in her shoes. So it's not only like I appreciate it as the viewer and as the person consuming the content, because obviously it gives us so much more. I also appreciate it on the level of like, wow, I really respect that because I know for a fact, that's not something I'd be capable of. Courtney was really fun this episode. Yeah. I mean, oh, you know, the other thing we didn't even talk about, remember at the time when it happened with Vegas and we like were uncertain about exactly what went down. And I very vividly remember saying there is no way that they would have done that without Chris there because Chris would be so upset. So what I learned this episode is like, technically they would have done it if they were capable of doing it, but Chris would have been really upset. That's what she said in her confessional. Like I would have been very disappointed. And I, I think that's why the whole thing was a blessing in disguise that they couldn't get the license. I think so too, especially watching the way that this particular wedding and it being Courtney who swore up and down forever that she was never going to get married. She had no interest to see the way that that is affecting Chris and the emotion that she feels behind it. Obviously any of the kids getting married in that way, like Chris would want to be there and would be so upset to not be included in that just because duh. But it hits so different with Courtney because the way that Chris is viewing the situation is different than she views any of the other kids in their relationships. And so it would be additionally painful for them to have had an actual wedding and to have gotten actually married without Chris having an involvement in it. Also because her relationship with Courtney is so interesting. And I know it's the one that we don't talk about that often. Like I think so much of the time we talk about it with Chloe or with Kim or with Kylie. But her and Courtney have a very interesting relationship as well. One, because she's the oldest and two, because there were a lot of years when Courtney really resented Kim for cheating on Robert. And I think that it was bumpy for a little while there. And so their road to where they are now, I will never turn down an opportunity to, to see more of that. A hundred percent. I just like this episode. I mean, is there anything else major that you want to mention? No, I think that's it. I just really loved this episode. I loved getting Pete mentions. I loved the behind the scenes of everything that we got. I just, I thought it was a really great episode. Yeah. I mean, especially also that on Kimmel, like when it actually aired, Kim said that Pete had sent her flowers backstage. And then this is what we always say. The show gave us the behind the scenes of the flowers that we knew he had sent. And I appreciate that. We haven't spoken about this yet, but in the note, that Pete wrote for Kim. He signed it Aladdin. On Kim's birthday, she posted a photo of her flowers and in the photo was a candle. I think it was a diptyque candle, Jasmine. Do you think that was from Pete? I didn't until you just said that. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, 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 yes, I saw that photo. I, it was in her bathroom, I think. I saw the dip tea candle and I remember thinking to myself like, listen, I love a dip tea candle as much as the next guy. That just felt a little bit off brand kind of like, why was that randomly there with her birthday flowers? A th like, yes, I'm about to, I'm prepared to go on record and say yes, because two things, one, who else would be sending that to her? And second of all, why would she feel the need to include it if it wasn't supposed to be subliminal? Which I guess brings the question, like, are you asking if they're still potentially hooking up or are they just, you know, very friendly exes? I don't know. I mean, I guess friendly exes for right now, that seems to be what all the reports are saying. I don't think that I would have thought anything of that Jasmine candle had it just been on its own. Like, I, I agree. Like, I was like, why is there randomly a candle here? But I didn't think enough into it. I saw it circulating online of people saying that they thought that that's what it was, too, or that that was their theory. I think that it was from him. Like, I'm prepared to say yes as well. My question is, like, do we feel like we're moving towards a reconciliation here? Because it does feel like 
on at least a very friendly level, their names have been mentioned more frequently together than they were in the past couple of months? Or are they just friendly exes? I don't know, but like, I'll put it like this. When they broke up, I kind of felt certain that like, you know, this was probably it. They had their fun and she ran the course and now that's it. Now I'm like, you know, maybe it's possible. I don't know. I, I previously really didn't think so. And I don't even know if they did it, if it would be public, but I guess I'll put it like this. I'm prepared to at least say, I think that they have been with each other since the public breakup, whether or not they'll ever get back together publicly or fully get back together in general, that I don't feel prepared to answer, but I believe those reports are true. Even if it didn't happen in that way, where like she really did go to Staten Island, I think that they've seen each other since. I'll put it like that. I would do absolutely sick shit for a paparazzi photo to pop up of just them in public together. Maybe nothing incriminating, maybe not even them holding hands or kissing, nothing, just meeting up. Oh my God, Emma, I can't even tell you what I would do for that. I mean... (laughs) That's what do you mean? That's like my dream. But there's there's nothing not incriminating though, because I think even them meeting up would be met with so much conversation around it. Like, what do you listen? I am the queen of being friends with exes, as you know. Like that is my shit. I love it. But at this point, like you guys have a lot going on in your lives. What do you need to be meeting up about if it's not you two? <laughs> you know. Of course, but I'm just saying a photo where it's enough where you could still have legitimate speculation online about like, are they just meeting up to like connect and see each other again? Or like, are they getting back together? Because like, obviously, if you get a paparazzi photo of them kissing, you're like, oh my God, they're back together. But if you have a paparazzi photo of them like meeting for coffee, for example, like coffee, getting coffee with the next is the most platonic thing you could ever do while being the least platonic thing ever. And so... It's just the discourse online. All day, all I'm looking for is just fun online discourse. Fun being the keyword there. At the very least, though, them getting coffee publicly or any other beverage or food item or entertainment, aka movie for that matter, if it's done publicly, it's intentional. So, like, very least, we can say no matter what the reason is, there's a reason if that were to happen because they could very easily not be seen if they didn't want to. So, that's at least something we can hold on to. You know what, I'm a girl can dream. Uh, a girl can dream that's all we are just two girls dreaming (laughs) okay well we love you guys thank you as always for listening and for letting us do this and for watching and digesting the show with us it's our favorite thing ever and we'll be back for bravo and then and we'll see you on monday for a regular episode